Welcome, everybody, to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of March 9th. I'm your host, D-Swap, Derek Kessinger, joined, as always, by the editorial staff of future Hall of Famer Todd Turner, the notes guru Kevin Kovac, and, of course, big shot Bob, Robert Holman. And, guys, Kovac, is Brandon Overton back, or did he ever really leave? <laughs> I don't think Brandon Overton ever left anywhere. I mean, he... uh. He had a pretty good, pretty good uh, speed weeks if you kind of look at it. When considering he led every lap, led every race at East Bay, didn't win. It was like he just there was just something missing there. He couldn't keep that car in the bottom of the track uh, for most of the week, and he ended up getting passed every time until the end of the week. Though he got some good runs there, and he felt like he figured it out. And then he goes to Volusia and up front every every night really. Uh, other than to had some problems with the motor the the one night and uh, you know uh, and when he even when he won he had some uh, look like an oil line instead of not a major motor problem but those were two weird strange things rare things for uh, Overton he kept mentioning that once he gets to the regular season here had a speed weeks that he felt really good about uh, what he what he would uh, what he would have and he gets back to Georgia boom knocks off a win. Goes to Tennessee for the four, to, uh, Smoky Mountain, knocks off another win, uh, and, and really was in contention on Sunday at Cherokee. Also, almost could have swept the weekend if he would have uh, uh, wouldn't have got a flat tire. He would have been in contention to maybe win that race too. So, I think Brandon Overton's all right. Look at him already this year. He's already ahead of last year's win pace now uh, with the with the five wins he has after this weekend. He's uh he's better than when he won thirty one wins at uh, thirty one wins last year. So. Uh, all's right with Brandon Overton. No matter what, if he's going to go to these weekends of local shows in his area where he only has to travel a few hours north, south, east, or west, he is definitely going to be the favorite. And uh, those two nights, Friday and Saturday, was no doubt about it, as Mike Norris would say. He was dialed in. Of course, he had bad luck in speed week, so I agree with that. I think Brandon Overton is here to stay. Five wins is uh, pretty impressive for the young Georgia driver. And Todd? We're going to go a little veteran talk here. Shane Clayton, Spring Nationals win. First super late model win in 13 months for the Georgia driver. I don't know. He did one lap, one beer Friday at Volusia. Comes back a couple races later and wins a big race down there in the Spring Nationals. Oh, so you're going to take credit for that? Go ahead. That's that's. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, this is definitely a, a 13-month drought is not up to Shane Clanton's standards. You know, just a couple of wins, uh, win, one win apiece last couple of years. Uh, finished ninth in Lucas Oil points last year, way off the pace. Um, you know, the, I know they've been working on that capital, and he's got a new car, and he's, you know, had, had a couple of a good stretch at speed weeks there for a while, but, but overall didn't have the greatest speed weeks. I'm sure he'd like to get going again. Um, there at Sanoa, he was, um, dominant. I mean, once he got out front, nobody could even keep up with him at all. So, uh, Clanton, uh, Clanton has, has an opportunity here to, to make, get some momentum off this win and, uh, we'll see what he can do. You know, he's, um, uh, I guess he's going to stick with Lucas oil. That's what he says he's going to do. So, uh, um, but he's, he's going to have, uh, have some work to do to, to improve on that ninth place finish. And we'll see, uh, we'll see if he can't, uh, pick up the pace here. Yeah, you mean to tell me growing up watching uh, the Georgia Bulldog, Coconut, Big Dummy, whatever they call him nowadays, you would have told me he only gets one win a season. You're, you're gonna, I'm gonna say you're crazy. You would have told me that when I was nine years old, and this happens, you know, in 20, 
21 and 2022. So good to see uh, Shane Clayton get a big win in his home state. And Robert, toilet bowl, you're a home state showcase marquee event. Friday night, Dennis Herb Jr., big win. And then Saturday, which I thought maybe was kind of a little upset there, Corey Hedgecock, a Tennessee guy who doesn't travel too much in western Tennessee. Yeah, that uh, uh, was kind of a rare appearance for, for Corey over there at Clarksville, which uh, to be specific, I think that's more middle Tennessee, uh, not not western Tennessee. But, you know, there aren't very many racetracks uh, that run supers a lot, you know, once you, once you get out of that East Tennessee region. So, uh, not, not, a um, a surprise that he ran well, but he was over there basically because of the crate racing U S crate racing USA finale, which he was leading that winter shootout points in that deal. So it was kind of a, I think that he probably had it not been for the crate racing USA deal. He, I'm pretty sure he would have stayed around home there and probably ran Smoky Mountain, uh, saved the gas and saved the fuel and, and money and, and ran for, for that deal. But because of that, he had to go over there. He took both race cars, which is always nice when you can unload at a racetrack and, and with two cars and make the, the most of it. He uh, finished fourth or fifth in the super race on Friday night, that little prelim race. And, and I'm pretty sure he didn't uh, – they had a, a like $600 crate race or something like that on Friday night. I don't even think he unloaded for that. I might be wrong, but I don't think he unloaded for that. I think he saved his stuff to run the uh, the, the uh, $3,000 to win crate race. Of course, he wins that. Then he wins the, uh, the $7,500 um, toilet bowl for his first victory. So he goes home with two nice pieces of plumbing there and uh a nice payday as well a little over ten thousand dollars so you know it wasn't the the deepest field that that race has ever had but it was again a solid field uh dennis herb won on friday night uh and ran second on saturday night rusty slink came down i think made his uh first appearance uh at the toilet bowl since like 2008 or 2009 and finished third and fourth i think and you know, both nights, uh, the top five Tanner English, who was maybe the biggest surprise was only finished fifth, uh, probably a heavy favorite other than maybe Dennis, probably a heavy favorite there finished fifth both nights. So, uh, I think that might be the biggest surprise that, that even that might be a bigger surprise than Corey actually winning the race, uh, that, that, uh, Tanner, you know, only knocks out a couple of top fives is all he hit. But if you look at the top five for both Friday and both Saturday, they're the exact same group of cars, four of them both nights, except for, I think, Josh Putnam, the Alabama driver, was in the, the mix on Friday night. And then Jaden Frame, the uh, Tennessee driver, the Winchester the youngster, I still call him a youngster, He's been racing for a while now, but uh, he was in the mix there on Saturday night. So those two got their way into the top five. But other than that, it was it was Dennis and Corey and and Rusty and and uh, Tanner. So uh, you know that, that was a, a solid field from the top half up, but uh, just again not the deepest field. Yeah, and speaking of that great trophy you get, the toilet bowl. Fun fact: Brian Shirley. Has his has his toilet installed 
in his race shop. So all the crew guys, him, whoever's around the shop can use that toilet there. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what else you would do with it. I mean, you know, I I don't, I've got a few trophies. I know, but I mean, I've got a few trophies in my living room and uh, that, that we've won over the years. And I, I can assure you that my wife would not let me bring, she don't even like the, the trophies that I've got, the real trophies that I have in the living room. She thinks those should be like in the basement or the shop or something. I can only imagine uh, bringing a toilet in the house. I don't know what I would do with that, but uh, obviously it would be a cool thing to win. And I too would probably install it out in the shop or somewhere. So uh, every time that uh, the urge hit me, I would maybe be reminded of a, of a great night at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah. So racers, uh, wives, make sure you don't put, let your husband put the toilet bowl trophy in their master, put it out in the shop like Brian Shirley and like Robert Holman would have to, if he ever wins a toilet bowl. Uh, one more thing before we get to the main topic, Kovac, just talk about that Sunday race at Cherokee there heartbreak hotel for Chris Ferguson hasn't raced at all this year. Comes out hot on the box at a track. He loves so much Cherokee flat tire there. And then Chris Madden inherits the, inherits the lead and goes on to another big victory. Yeah, really no surprise that Chris Madden uh, was able to to tame that track and, get, and make his uh, tires go the distance and and win that. He did pretty much did the same thing in his last uh, in that last race down at Volusia, uh, back at the Dirt Car Nationals that he won when the World the World of Outlaws show. Uh, I mean that was like man that was eating some tires up in that one and uh, that that was a definitely a, a tire conservation game when the track got, got rubbered up and and man there, there's few guys that probably do it as well. Uh, from running down south so long as as Chris Madden, and uh, yeah, he he made it again, and he didn't got another win at Cherokee. But uh, one thing about Cherokee is like, man, geez, that that they could that track, those races there could be single handedly uh, causing the tire supply issues here. I guess I don't I don't know, but man, they go through some tires at that place. If you're going to Cherokee, especially these afternoon shows, I mean, like they're running, you know, like the last race, the Blue Gray 100, end of the year last year, this March Madness. I mean, man, you're you're wearing some wearing some rubber out. That's for sure. Uh, there was, they, they, uh, there haven't been many races there. I think that you get through without seeing guys, uh, you know, getting flat tires and causing cautions at the end of the race. But man, it, it's it's that's that's tough on tough on tires, no doubt about it. Like Chris Madden said, he said going into the race, I listened to his post race interview saying, you know what, our game plan was maintain those tires so we can finish in. If you can't finish the race, then you have no chance of winning, he basically alluded to. So Chris Smokey Madden, uh, fast out of the gate, probably one of the better uh, uh, speed weeks slash early March runs in, that CM's had in a long time. And Todd, you've been covering the sport for a long time really quick. What do you think and thoughts of these early March races? There were so many this weekend. Yeah, I think that was the busiest early March weekend. And we were fortunate to get some pretty good weather generally all over the place. But, uh, you know, so many five-figure races. I mean, I think you could look back, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 years ago in March. You may not not have that many five-figure races in the whole month. Uh, And this weekend was just, uh, you know, really a lot of choices and a lot of uh, opportunity for guys to make some money. And, again, as promoters uh, will do, if if they get good weather, it's they're going to make it happen. So, luckily, uh, uh, most of the the races came off uh, well and – but it is, it is just, it's almost like you take 
a one week break between speed weeks and then you're kind of right back at it again which uh um which is good if, if the weather works out but then if it doesn't as we see you know it's not going to be quite so nice this weekend we already saw the lucas oil uh canceled the 411 races there in seymour tennessee so a little bit of a crapshoot in march but uh if you check the dirt on dirt schedule there is no uh lack of ambition of uh of a series and tracks trying to get an early start on the season. Yeah. And Robert, he mentioned it right there. Uh, Lucas oil off this weekend because of weather. So the topic today is we're going to discuss the world of outlaws and we're going to go around the room here. We'll start with you first. Who do you think is going to be the top five for woo this season? Uh, next week, we'll talk about Lucas cause world of outlaws off. So we'll pick up with the first national touring series for the uh, series out of Charlotte. Charlotte area, who do you think is going to be top five? Well, first of all, I want to comment on on kind of what Todd said about those early races. You can't uh, you can't hit a home run in these events if you don't schedule them, and that's what promoters are trying. You know, I, we all wish that there weren't really that many races this early, but uh, these promoters are trying to. Uh, take advantage of the lack of racing. And, and that's what they used to be doing is taking advantage of the lack of racing throughout the winter to kind of get these early races and these early home runs. And, uh, and now there's, there's not a lack of racing. So uh, it kind of is even more of a crapshoot, you know, based on who's going to show up plus the weather. So, but again, you can't hit a home run if you don't get up to bat. If you don't schedule the races, you're not going to make it. But anyway uh back to that that's my thought on those those early races as well but back to the uh the world of outlaws i, I just don't see a lot changing uh, i will say that madden has performed better over the last 10 races than sheppy and brandon shepherd but i still think that brandon shepherd is going to win i think he'll he's got three wins on the year and I think that he will win his fifth World of Outlaws championship. I think Chris will be right there with him. Uh, and I think that this could be one of the better races that we see, that we've seen over the years. At least I hope that's that's what we have. Uh, we have, I'm going with Shepard, Madden, Dennis Erb, Tyler Bruning, and Josh Richards in in that order. That's that's my top five right there. So uh, we can break that down. If you want to go around the room, uh, you know, first we can break that down in a minute. But I'll let uh, I'll let the others kind of because uh, I, I could talk about Shepard and Madden all day long. So, but if you want to go around the room, kind of get the temperature here. Go ahead, Kovac. You've been uh, you've covered the series before. You always have your uh, mind open to the World of Outlaws, the Woo series, and obviously Shepard and Madden are probably going to be the two favorites that we're all going to pick here. But we'll give you your top five. But first, giving Tyler Bruning a little credit there, he's just improved a whole bunch these last couple of years. Yeah, I I I, ha, I cannot believe that uh, Tyler Bruning will go through the whole year without getting a getting his first national tour win this this season. Uh, He's knocking the door. He ran well. He's just got a lot of consistency. I mean, last year he had he, he had a good points finish too because he just had some. Uh, you know, he was kind of the surprise, I guess, out of the uh, the outlaw regulars when the way he was able to 
put a lot of, you know, just consistent finishes uh, uh, up on the board. And and I think that this year he could take, there's going to be a spot somewhere. Hope Maybe it probably would be pretty cool if it was like near his home, home state of Iowa, you know, maybe one of the Wisconsin races or, or maybe even Davenport or something like that, where he gets that first win. Uh, though I, I think he probably would want it to come as soon as possible. He would take it this weekend if, if it, if it happens, but uh, he's really come along. He's really, he's really uh, improved. And, and, and I, it's, it's hard to not even put him in the top five in the points again, just because of that consistency that he shows. Uh, so, I mean, when I look at my top five that I kind of notched down, I'm like, I, I just can't go against Brandon Shepard right now. Um, Chris Madden comes out of speed weeks with the point lead. And last year, or last year, he comes out of speed weeks, wasn't even, didn't even know if he was going to do the whole series. He had fallen way behind because uh, he didn't even qualify. He didn't get two, he didn't start two features at Volusia uh, because he didn't, wasn't locked in with, uh, you know, with an emergency provision or anything. So, I mean, that put him in a big hole right out of the gate. And, and this year, man, he's ahead. So I, I, I feel like he's going to stay closer to to shepherd the whole year but i just can't put him shepherd is improved from last year i mean he, i feel he's been proved uh you know that rocket team is is going to be better than they were last year when they won the championship so i think it's just going to be tough to to overcome him i think it stays closer by say shepherd madden and i'll, I'll i'm going to say also just from judging by how long how well strong he's come out out of the out of the starting gate this year is dennis herb jr it's a career high finish probably with the world of outlaws with the third. Uh, he, he looks strong. I think he has that, uh, has a good consistency going. And then from fourth to eighth is where I kind of like, man, there, there's, that could be shuffled anyway. I look, I look at Tyler Brunig. I look at Max Blair, the rookie, another rookie contender, Tanner English, Josh Richards, and then Ryan Gustin, who didn't have a good start with the outlaws. He's way back. Uh, he's 12th out of the 12 guys that I kind of feel like will run the whole thing. Will he be able to get back up into the top five? I don't know. He's got a lot of work to do. Uh, if Shane Clanton would suddenly decide to go run World of Outlaws or something, I'd probably put him in there. Uh, I'll, I'll just say, let's say Josh Richards gets going, gets fourth, and then Max Blair ends up fifth. I'll, I'll go that way. All right, Kovac, that was pretty solid there. A little bit different than Roberts. I will go next, and I, pretty, I have the same one as Robert. I just think Shepard is going to, Come out firing at all cylinders, though. Last year, Kovac, after Volusia, he was down 42 points to Kyle Strickler, and obviously he didn't finish. This year he's down 52 points to Chris Madden. The way Chris Madden is looking, it's going to be very, very tough for uh, Shepard to overcome it. But, like we said, Brandon has six wins already. He didn't have one win until March of 2021, so no doubt that team is dialed in. I'm going to go with Chris Madden. I think the point margin will be very close between Sheppy and Chris. I just think Brandon's is going to be a little bit better throughout the entire year. So I'm going to go with Madden second, Dennis Herb Jr. third. Coming high out of the box, it's a long season. So if you can continue that momentum, uh, get top solid top five, ten runs, I think he's going to be very capable of getting a top three run, which would be a career best for Dennis Herb Jr. I'm going to go with Tyler Bruning fourth and then Josh Richards fifth. But I don't know. I'm kind of going on a limb with Josh Richards after that speed week. That could have been one of his worst stuff. Uh, Florida, Georgia, speed weeks he's ever had. That was a very struggle bus for uh, Josh Richards and company. And, of course, he had the fire in his camper as well. So uh, he's going to put that through the uh, – look through the rear view window. He's going to get the big, 
Big couple wins here, and I think he finishes fifth. Comes out a lot better than he did in Florida Georgia Speed Week. So me and Robert have the same one. A little bit different than you, Kevin. What about you, Todd? Well, I'm going to agree with you guys and give uh, Shepard the consensus as the champion. Uh, but but just like you all, I'd like to see Madden really giving him run, give him a run. And you know he's leading the points now. He's kind of you know hedging whether he's going to do it or not. Surely he would not drop off the series still as the points leader. So hopefully he'll. He'll have a continue to have a good spring here, and we can indeed have a good title chase. But that would be my one and two, like you guys, uh, Shepard and Madden, and then my number three is with like you guys, Dennis Herb Jr. with a with a really steady start this year. Now, one one caveat about Dennis: sometimes he'll have those six weeks or eight weeks where he just kind of struggles and just doesn't, you know, really doesn't get it going. And those sometimes he'll like fade in the points a little bit. He can't afford one of those if we're, if he's going to follow up and finish third like we predicted him. And then my fourth and fifth are a little different than you guys. I'm going fourth, Max Blair. Um, I just think he the commitment to the series, he didn't have the greatest speed weeks, but the commitment to the series, uh, I think he'll uh, he'll improve, and uh, especially uh, some of those tracks he's done well at before, that'll help him to fourth place finishing points. And then I'll go fifth, Tyler Bruning. Again, as Kevin said, his consistency i think he's uh he's the number five guy and you know i'm leaving out a couple of guys uh, english um i i'm skeptical english once the summer nationals come along that that's not going to be too tempting for him to go do maybe he will stick with the world of outlaws and if he does i think he he would be a contender in the top five uh and i'm with you as well uh derek on richards you know there there's a guy you would think automatically he'll be in the top five, but he's had a rough start. So they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to show us something and turn things around here. If, uh, if something, if he's going to contend and, uh, and be in the mix there. Yeah. And one note about Josh Richards, they got to get that qualifying dialed in because it seemed like all three speed weeks, they were behind the eight ball starting in row four or five in every single heat race, whether it was from East Bay, Golden Isles, and even Volusia. And that's something you never see from a kid rocket there. Go back. We'll go back to you, Rookie of the Year. This is kind of uh, a thing that's a tradition for a newcomer to make a splash in the national scene. We have Max Blair, who had a great run there the final night. We had Kyle Hammer making some noise there at Volusia. Gordy Gundaker's in the mix. Like Todd says, Tanner English, will he stay the whole time? Who knows? Who do you think is going to be the 2022 World of Outlaws Rookie of the Year? Well, I have Max Blair finishing fourth in the points, so I guess I have to go with him. He's going to end up being the the rookie of the year. Uh, I know that that team is really the Sean Martin uh, Viper Motorsports team. They're really making a good commitment. That, that's what they want to do. That's They're not worrying about running any weekly shows or anything uh, close by the home uh, when they're off. They just want to – they're focusing on this. Uh, I mean, other than you know, outdoor races, stuff and like that, that'll be their uh, off, off races, off uh, – uh, World of Outlaw Tour. Uh, I think that he's going to be the guy that, that ends up winning this. Uh, he's going to win some races too. He'll he'll win a few. Uh, I mean, when they go his backyard, I mean, he's going to be tough to beat, especially uh, in his Western PA area there. Uh, and it's going to, but in Tan- Tanner English, he has experience. I mean, he's already won the Lucas Oil Series Rookie of the Year, so he's got national touring experience on Max Blair. Teams has a good strong team behind him too. Uh, I could see him keeping it close, and that could be a, it. Could end up being shaken out here as a pretty good rookie of the year battle. 
Uh, Gordy Gundek or Kyle Hammer, those are two other guys that, that look like the most solid of doing it. Uh, but I can't like put those ahead of Blair in, in English, just, uh, you know, with, uh, experience level and, and the amount of, uh, you know, amount of, uh, racing that like Kyle Hammer doesn't even have 30 late model races under his belt yet. So, but there was some imp- impressive run, uh, by Kyle Hammer. He led, uh, a rookie leading almost the first half of one of the nights at Volusia before running some trouble after a restart. So, uh, Good, good show in the end of the top five finish with at the end of the week too for Kyle. So I, I think he was actually probably a surprise of the rookie crop. How uh, how strong he he was able to run in a few races there. But overall, it's going to be tough to beat Blair or English for a rookie of the year title. Yeah, and I just think I'm going to make my pick really quick. I think it's going to be Max Blair hands down. I think it's going to be pretty easy. Tanner English. Gordy Gundaker and Kyle Hammer. I mean, you're looking at it like Todd says, May and June. You're all from that Illinois Midwest region, Summer Nationals, a lot of big paying races. You don't have to travel to Cherokee on a weekend. You can go race, you know, Farmer City and Fairbury. Like, it's going to be very tough for those guys to make the decision. And also, Max Blair got the Viper Motorsports ride, and he has plenty of victories out in that PA area where they're going to be racing a lot that east, uh, eastern coast, northeast coast swing. He's going to be very solid there. And I think. Some new tracks will be very good out here in the Midwest. So I like that pick, Max Blair. Robert, who are you thinking? As much as I would love to disagree with you guys, I will not. I really feel like it's Max Blair, too. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to think that, uh, you know, uh, Tanner or, or Gordy, you know, or even Kyle could, could sustain the runs that is, is needed, you know, to – to win a deal like that, but uh, but I I agree that I, I really feel like uh, it'll be Max Blair. He you know he's he's so he doesn't have that national touring experience, but he is an experienced racer, a very experienced. You don't win thirty thirty five races a year across a couple divisions without being an experienced racer, regardless of where you're you're competing at. So and I've said that. A time or two before about him when when he's when Max himself has spoken about needing confidence or whatever, uh, he should have confidence. And I think as he goes throughout this season and and has more consistent runs, maybe in tracks he's not familiar with, his confidence level will even continue to go up. And uh, and I just I just don't foresee any of those other guys. Um, you know, knocking him off there, I really feel like it'll be Max Blair as well. Yeah, very solid choice there. That's good house money to spend on the – probably going to be the favorite. And like you said, he's won national touring races, got plenty of experience, multiple wins in different divisions. Todd, you going to go with the whole crew here and uh, make him a big-time selection and all four of us pick Max Blair, or are you going to go with somebody else just for uh, shits and gigs? Yeah, I've got Blair, uh, you know, finishing fourth in the points. I feel like he's the top rookie. And, again, with the caveat, if – if English, you know, and I think to to keep English from being tempted by the summer nationals, he would have to get a good start on the world of outlaws and, and maybe be ahead of Blair and the rookie points, you know, come mid spring or late spring. And maybe that'll lure English to stay on it. And if he does, uh, I, you know, I, he, he could, um, I could see him beating Blair. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think, you know, right here, sitting here, I would go with Blair, but, uh, but it would be, you know, nice to have a nice uh, battle between those two. And like Kevin, kind of to echo what he said about Kyle Hammer, I think, you know, 
even, you know, Blair had that good run at the end there at Volusia, but really in Florida, Kyle Hammer was the, was the rookie that was the most noticeable, you know, kind of caught your eye and was, uh, you know, leading that race at fast time. I mean, he, he really, he really surprised and impressed me. And that, uh, and that speaks pretty well, you know, going down there speed weeks and doing that. Cause he's going to get, you know, he didn't have a lot of experience, a lot of experience at the series tracks, but when he gets places where he's a little more comfortable, you know, you know, it sounds, seems like he's got good equipment and, you know, his dad's there to support him and he knows a lot about this racing and has a lot of good contacts from the help. So, so I don't know. I'm, I'm anxious to see how Kyle Hammer does. Um, I think big picture, I don't see Kyle Hammer competing well on the rookie points, but, but he's kind of shown the, the ability maybe to sneak up in the, uh, who knows, maybe win a race or, or knock off some surprising top fives where, uh, where you really, really not, you know, at the beginning of the season, when you hear he's running for it, you may not have uh, thought that was even a possibility. There it is. The masterminds that cover dirt late model racing all deciding that Max Blair and Brandon Shepard are uh, going to dominate, or not dominate, but win the championship with Shepard, rookie of the year with Max Blair. Maybe we're going to go around the room here, a little bit of storylines to talk about. Yes, Brandon Shepard's looking for, you know, four in a row or whatever it is for championship. But I think the biggest storyline, Kovac, is just how poorly Josh Richards' speed weeks was. We thought maybe he's going to go in there, guns a-blazing, racing for boom, not as much pressure, you know, being on a NASCAR team or racing for your father. Obviously, maybe the fire had a lot to do with it, but that was just, you know, that was just very, very shocking to see. Yeah, I, you know, after seeing him run boom's car, uh, back at Las Vegas at the XR race in November, and he finished second and was, a, you know, could have won that race too. I mean, he got a flat tire, had to come from the rear. I mean, I, I, I saw a little, uh, you know, the, the aggressive outside cushion pounding Josh in that show. Uh, and that kind of got me feeling like, you know, hey, I mean, this was just a one off deal that Josh jumped in to, to run with Boom. And, uh, Maybe if they, you know, now after a few weeks later, they make the decision to, you know, to hook up for a full-time deal this year, uh, you figure, hey, maybe, you know, if he can carry that over, there was that was a good sign there, you know. It just didn't click yet uh, at, at Speed Weeks. Uh, I mean, obviously, they didn't have the greatest number of, amount of time uh, from in December and January to, to get ready for Speed Weeks, to put that second uh, half of a, of a team together really – uh, I mean, it was a scramble. There's no doubt uh, for for Boom and, and Josh and and, and, the, and the whole crew. Uh, so you know, now I'm, I'm sure that they're kind of like happy to be home for a few weeks and and regroup. Uh, Josh, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to to go through speed weeks when you're already having a bad speed weeks and things aren't going well, and then you lose your entire uh, camper. It just burns up uh, in a Walmart parking lot, and you lose all your clothes and I mean, gosh, uh, what a horrible time for him. Uh, but I think that they will get back. I mean, Josh Richards is still one of the best drivers out there. If they can get a little bit of a – if they could just at least get, um, you know, uh, get themselves, uh, you know, a new – maybe just restart. Maybe just restart the season, forget about Speed Weeks, go to the Rev this week and just uh, and pretend that Speed Weeks didn't happen. I think they could uh, – Josh will be back in the mix. Yeah, I think he's going to come out guns a-blazing here in March and April, early May. Maybe we can see the old Josh here a little bit, a little vintage JR. That would be great to see. And, Robert, we all picked 
Brandon Shepard to win a championship here again. That would be his fourth in a row, fifth overall. If he somehow does that, where does that put him, you know, in late model history, national touring series history? I know Josh, he has five total as well. He's going to be on a list that very few people are going to be on or may never be on. You know, it's a, that's pretty damn impressive. I think that's a huge storyline as well. I think, obviously, Brandon Shepard has already kind of put his name there in, in rarefied air. I mean, he's he's already established that he's he's one of the best dirt late model drivers, you know, that we've seen. And, and he's also had the, the good fortune of, of getting hired by one of the best dirt late model teams that perhaps the sport has ever seen. So you put that combination together and, uh, uh, and it's, uh, it's very lethal, I guess you could say, as far as I think that I don't really, I'm a skeptic with everything. I'm a doubting Thomas, as they say, and, and I always like to, to say, let's give it some time to breathe and let's look at this thing in a few years to see where, where things stack up. But, you know, think about it in a few years, he'll still be uh, heads and shoulders above others because it's going to take many years for anyone to surpass him. I mean, he's got, if he wins his fifth this year, what's it going to take for somebody else? It's going to, it's going to be years before, you know, down the road before we see anybody uh, surpass what he has done. And I don't know if we'll ever see anyone uh, surpass what the the rocket, you know, house car has done. So, you know, like I said, you put those two together, uh, they almost seem like uh, just this, this machine, this um, almost an unbeatable combination. And, and that's why I think that's why he's the easy pick every year when it comes to winning this deal until, until he doesn't win it. Who, who else are you going to pick until, until, you know, he had a, kind of a off season a couple of years ago and, and Mikey Marler sneaks in there and wins one uh, really Mikey snuck in there and kind of took away what, what we kind of thought would be, you know, uh, a Madden championship, you know, but, uh, but again, he has that off year comes right back and he's, he's just been untouchable. I, I just, think that until somebody can consistently beat him that that we're going to be talking about him for a very long time and uh and I just uh I don't like to talk where it's going to his place in history yet because we're not there yet but I think it's pretty obvious uh, you know where the, where we're going with him in terms of of uh where he stacks up and where his record you know all you got to do is talk about the records if you just want to you know where his records stack up against others in the sport, and you know, uh, you let him get a uh, couple more crown jewels, let him win a couple more crown jewel races, and you sure enough will have uh, um, a storyline for sure. Is Kovac typing while I'm talking? Who is t- who? Come on, Kev. I mean, to get notes going on, sakes, bro. I mean, I'm I'm rolling with my shepherd stuff here. I and, thought I was muted. Oh, I wasn't muted. Oh, anyway, 
Back at back at the ranch. Uh, anyway, Sheppy, Sheppy, in these last ten races, now think about this right here. In these last ten events, he's only averaging a seven point three finish, which is kind of un shepherd like so to speak but that doesn't account for those three wins that he won in his family's car so uh you know madden has uh over his last nine or ten races has an average finish of like 6.3 or something so chris is right there and and if he like we talked earlier if he could if he sticks with this deal he could be that guy that uh that that keeps sheppy from winning it this year but the, the but the thing is is he going to be that guy every year? You know, who's going to be the guy next year? Who's going to be the guy the year after? And when you look at it like that, I just don't see long term of somebody coming in and, and just knocking him off, off, you know, for very long. So anyway, to answer your question, I really feel like that it's it's I'm not going to say where I think he is in our sport right now, but I think it's obvious his record speaks for itself. And Todd, I'll ask you. Chris Madden, he's going to listen to this podcast, and he's going to be like, what the heck? None of these guys are giving me a shot. I'm up 52 points. Everybody's Sheppy this, Sheppy that, yada, yada, yada. I mean, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder, I feel like, because he's coming out of the gate very fast. Robert showed the stat that he's, you know, has a little bit average, better finish than him in the, you know, in the one car than him. I mean, if I'm him, I would be PO listening to this. He definitely can win this, no doubt, and we're going to be some keys for him because I think like he said, Mike Marler won it that one year. Maybe we can have this uh, just another driver from the Southeast compete with Shepard and maybe get the win. Well, if I don't encourage Chris to, to stick with the series and, and give him a run, I, I hope he does have a chip on his shoulder over this. You know, last year he was, you know, we talked about how he missed some of those races and stuff. But he was he was in great position there when he won at Port Royal. And then he just went on and, you know, just was on a drought the rest of the year. And you – you know, with Shepard, you cannot do that. And Shepard left kind of an opening last year. So, um, you know, Chris has put himself in position now. Uh, and he's in, in good shape here. So we'll see uh, We'll see what he can do, what he can do. A couple other things, and I'll pass on to Kevin to talk about that some more. But uh, the wild card I see out there is, is Ryan Gustin. And now that's a guy I've kind of pulled for. You know, that that dramatic run he had there at I-80 so many years ago, which is now a long time ago. I just keep waiting for Gustin to kind of like arrive. And he, you know, but his his arrival has been delayed multiple times, uh, including when he won at Speed Weeks uh, um, in one of the dirt car races at Volusia, and then was just a non-factor the rest of the week. So, you know, Ryan Gus isn't the guy I would like to think uh, is a potential top five in points guy, but he, he definitely is not showing it. And uh, his inconsistency, I think, hurts him a lot. But Gustin, you know, when, when you're talking about just like pure wheel man, uh, I rank him high in the world of Outlaws Bunch. So um, that's, uh, that's one of the storylines I'm looking at. What, which Ryan Gustin are we going to see uh, each night or, or throughout the whole season? And Kevin, you want to talk more about uh, Madden, maybe? You had great points there about Ryan Gustin for sure. I didn't like when you brought those up. Uh, he is what one heck of a wheel man, but man, he just had he couldn't. He had a, he was a one hit wonder there at, at the Dirt Car Nationals. Never, and he's way behind in the points. I mean, I like look back there, and man, he's he's the I said the twelfth guy 24. out of the twelve guys that you yeah. I mean, out of the the twelve guys that are going to be like you think are really be regulars. I mean, he's he's the last one. Uh, 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 turning back to Madden, uh, 
I, I've always considered Madden as like, I mean, he is a supremely confident driver. Again, like Derek, we did not say that he did not have a chance here or anything. I mean, we all figure, we all were kind of mentioning, hey, we think this I'm could be a, a close battle. You know, you're really – you always – he's a very – Derek Kessinger is a big instigator. See that? That's what he does. He th- you know, he's a he's a barstool guy, I guess, you know, right? <laughs> but uh, but Madden, I, I, when, I, when I spoke to him after his win at uh, – evolution that last night I and mean, again he wasn't 100 percent going for the you know the throwing his hat in the ring yet for to go to run the whole world of outlaws tour uh but i i think he, he doesn't give it up if he's leading the points i mean and he also mentioned though that winning a national tour title has never been his like you know dying uh motive here you know like that was that was what he wants to do i mean he He's always been a guy that just wants to go race for some money and, and win money and win uh, win races. He doesn't worry about like uh, running these tours like that, like a national tour. Uh, he tried to he started doing it in 2007, ran the first half until his uh, son was born, uh, you know, prematurely. I mean, now yeah, I, mean, I can remember that in 2007, he dropped off in June. And now his son's uh, going to be 15 years old in a couple of days, a couple of months, I mean. Uh, that's a uh, time flies, but he didn't come back for another decade. He started running it again and, you know, he's running like what, three, uh, three times now. And he's got a top three finish every time he runs the tour. So I, I think that uh, he's shown he, how good he is. I mean, he hasn't had a fifth place finish when he runs the whole thing, sixth place finish. He's up there in the, in the top two or three. And uh, I, I think if if he puts his mind to this, this year, if he says, I'm not going to, you know, work because, I mean, he could go run some, a lot of big races uh, away from the tour. But the tour does have its, is a, you know, have some every time. Every time that there, there's bonuses now for the World of Outlaws, you get your show up money and you get $1,000 extra when you're the top uh, for being the top World of Outlaw regular uh, finishing in each race. So, I mean, that's 11000 at least for each win if you would, you know, when, when you win a race. Uh, that's a that's a nice little bonus and, and more money in the point fund money. I say if if Madden can if really 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 wants to put his head to it, I mean I, there's just really nothing he can't do. Uh, that's how good Chris Madden is, and I think he's a guy that really need should have a national tour championship on his resume. And I uh, kind of he might not think that outwardly, but I think that in his mind uh, the competitor in Chris Madden does want to won a national tour championship and, and and this could be the year he gets it i mean he gets off to a good start and uh again we're not picking him we think it might be close but again wouldn't be surprised at all to see chris madden win the title well chris if you're listening to this podcast and you win the championship you can thank us for motivation um it's the dirt reporter podcast just in case you need a name to thank somebody at the banquet there at the end of the season as always we always end the show with one more thing. I'm going to go first because I laughed when I saw this. Eldora owner, Tony Stewart, put his house up for sale. And let me tell you, it kind of looks like a Bass Pro Shop. I mean, there's a waterfalls, a lake, fish in it. $30 million. So if us four, we want to split a pot, we can buy that house, live on a nice-looking Bass Pro Shop thing. But uh, all seriousness, I just laughed when I saw that. I clicked and looked at the pictures. The New York uh, Post picked up the story saying it's for sale, and oh, that was very funny. Close to close to dirt late model racing because he owns Eldora. So if anybody's out there listening to this, 
Go buy uh, Tony Stewart, NASCAR champion, Eldora owner's house for a whopping $30 million, and maybe you can just turn it into a Bass Pro Shop because it definitely looks like one. Uh, Robert, what do you got for one more thing? I'm just going to uh, kind of tie everything, all of my three more things into one little bundle here. Everybody, You guys always make fun of me that I have too many things here. But so my one more thing is weather related. It is a weather one more thing. Okay. Now. All right. So this weather that we have predicted weather that we have here in, in Tennessee, obviously forced the cancellation of, uh, of four elevens Lucas oil series race. Okay. So we got some wintry weather. It is March. First of all, because of that, I get to stay home and and which you know I'll be working a little bit, but I also get to watch the SEC basketball tournament. So that is a positive. I hate that the the you know I hate that the uh, you know races got killed or whatever, but at least that's one positive. The largest snow that I've ever seen here in Tennessee was in 1993. And it also happened to be on the same weekend as the SEC basketball tournament because I was snowed in in Cookville. Uh, we had like 10 to 12 inches of snow, and I was snowed in all weekend. I had to stay home, and and uh, all I did was camp in front of the television and, and watch the SEC tourney. So it was a great weekend where you're not expecting 10 inches of snow this weekend. But because of that wintry mix, races canceled. and, and Trust me, I've listened to these games going to races before. I think a couple of years I was listening to an SEC tournament game. And of course, I'm a Kentucky fan, so uh, you know I'll throw that out there for for all the haters. But uh, I was listening to a game on my way to Smoky Mountain, which I got there, and as I get there, it's snowing. You know, and I turn around and come back home. So I missed that game to drive through and get there, and that race got snowed out. So it's not uncommon for the spring to have this kind of weather here in Tennessee. And uh, I just wanted to to say that uh, thank you, Mother Nature, for allowing me to watch the SEC tournament this weekend. I appreciate that. And thank you, Todd, also for not scheduling me to go somewhere else. Appreciate that. It's still early in the week. I know it's Wednesday. We still got a couple more days, Robert. I'm good. <laughs> Kovac, what do you got? I have need, need to give a shout out to Tyler Stevens, the winner there at uh, at Boot Hill Speedway um, in the Comp Cam's uh, Ronnie Adams Memorial on on Saturday night. I mean, this is a this is a rare occurrence when you see a guy making his super late model debut that that you know last weekend. Uh, his first night out, he's a crate guy, a crate late model racer, an open wheel modified racer. He's got well over, he has over 180 wins in those two divisions over the last 20 years. Finally getting his chances is what he called his lifelong dream since he was a little kid. He's dreamed of running a super late model. And here he gets his chance to move up in class. Starts out really rough on Friday, gets in an incident, doesn't even qualify, has to fix his whole car up till late in the, you know, late at night late or early morning, actually, uh, to, to make repairs. Really down in the dumps after that debut. Comes out the next night, wins $10,000 uh, in, in a comp cans race, which it's just, uh, you know, it's a nice, good, strong regional tour uh, down there along the Gulf Coast. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, there was a, I'm sure there was some celebrating going on there for Tyler Stevens. 
Uh, nice to see a new winner. I mean, I know there's a lot of people probably in this dirt late model world where like, wait a minute, who won that race? Uh, we gotta let's let's go to let's go check out and see who uh who this Tyler Stevens is. But man, he announced his arrival very quickly, and and we'll be uh now we'll we'll know his name. And we'll know to keep watching him and see how he does as he runs a comp camp series for the rest of the year. Congratulations to him and his team. Hell yeah, Tyler Stevens getting that big win there, Boo Hill. Like to like to see newcomers come in and dive right in and get big victories right away. Todd, as always, we'll finish off with you. What's your one more thing? I'd like to offer uh, Dirt on Dirt subscribers a little uh, a little notice to check out our new DirtOnDirt.com dispatches, which uh, uh, we're trying to kind of realign some of the way we do handle our weekend coverage. And this will uh, provide, uh, if you check it out from this last weekend, it provides a a place where you can kind of put the latest breaking storylines, news and notes of what's going on throughout the weekend combined from all the races that are going on. Uh, so, you know, it, it'll uh, hopefully provide a little, little more quick hitting news uh, and such uh, uh, so that you can just check out the website or the app uh, and be able to quickly kind of see uh, uh, each, each as each news line, each storyline develops. Uh, basically, it'll be in the same story file, and the new, the new, uh, the new additions will be at the top. So you can kind of read down through there and catch up with what's going on for the weekend. And we're hoping this will be uh, uh, something that'll uh, help help everyone keep up with the news a little better. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. So look for that dirtondirt.com dispatches uh, on your website, or uh, should be uh, the top story on your app each uh, weekend uh, on the busy weekends. And we'll do this, uh, of course, throughout the season as well. I love it, Todd. You guys are grinding as always throughout the throughout the entire year on the weekends and making moves. Kobach getting the notes. Robert dialed in as always for a weekend. They're watching his college hoops, so he can have the you can have college hoops on. Just no no loud loud noises. You can have it on his background noise or what, Robert? Uh, I'm going to have college hoops on wide open. I don't care. <laughs> I'm I, I'm it's I got the popcorn. No, no popcorn. I've got the uh, the the burgers, the dogs. I'm going to sit here and watch, you know, uh, college basketball. It's the SEC tournament. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now, perchance, if Kentucky were to lose, I'm done. I'll I'll go I'll go out and shop and work. Oh, you could be like Michael and you know go to Duke, pay a decent amount to watch Coach K's final game, and then they get beat. <laughs> that could happen to you. Well, it could, I guess, but uh, fortunately, Coach K doesn't coach for me. Oh, yeah, Coach Cal, we got that. Well, we wish all our teams good luck. Maybe uh, Louisville can make some noise in the in the conference tournament there in the ACC as he makes a weird face there, Todd. And uh, Syracuse, it's built for March. Jim Beheim with 60% of his kids are starting lineup for the Orange, so maybe they can make some noise on Kentucky and Duke. Our teams, Robert, they're guaranteed to be – to be in the tournament, just depending on seating. So we'll get maybe some more uh, March Madness themes coming up here in the shows the next few weeks. As always, this is the Dirt Reporters podcast. Please check out everything, stories, race highlights, um, blogs, you name it, top 25, every article, click on it, because these guys are working their butt off. You'll see you next week.